Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, October 27th. We got some personnel updates and a lot of coach speak from Mike Vrabel in his Monday press conference following the first loss of the year. And as is tradition, he's a man of very few words when it comes to injuries. On the return of Adoree Jackson, who did practice last week but did not play against Pittsburgh, he said that Jackson simply wasn't ready and that another week was needed for him to get his first game action of the season. Vrabel also said that he needs to see what Jackson looks like at practice on Wednesday in order to make a decision about playing time against Cincinnati. As if the defensive stats weren't enough to create concern about the secondary, the Titans lost another potential starter this week. As reported by Paul Kaharski, rookie cornerback Christian Fulton could miss a few weeks after sustaining a knee injury on Sunday against Pittsburgh. If Jackson cannot go, and now with Fulton out, it's Malcolm Butler, Jonathan Joseph, and the Ty Smith experience atop the cornerback depth chart. This group isn't going to stop many passing attacks in the NFL. Here's hoping that Jackson makes it back this week and pushes everyone down a spot in the starting lineup and that Fulton is only out for a few weeks. Kicker Steven Goskowski got the old public vote of confidence from Vrabel, which normally is a kiss of death for a coach or a player. But frankly, there isn't a better option for Vrabel or general manager John Robinson. The Titans kicker has three game winners this year, but has only made 10 of 16 field goals and has missed two extra points as well. Again, this is an improvement on last season, but still remains a main concern for this team currently. Vrabel had a lot of praise for Taylor Lewan's replacement, Ty Sambrello. Quote, I appreciate what he did and how he's played. He's played throughout the course of the year at different times, which probably got him ready for that. If we get that type of play from Ty going forward, that would be a huge positive, end quote. Some nice praise by Mike Vrabel for the backup left tackle, which appears to be the solution to replace Taylor Lewan for now. An additional roster note for Titans fans is that the Cincinnati Bengals got some bad news on Monday. Left tackle and former first-round pick Jonah Williams left last weekend's game with a neck injury and is still awaiting further evaluation. The Bengals have a bye week following the matchup with the Titans, and playing it safe with their franchise left tackle is the right decision. The Bengals will also be without their starting center and right tackle as well. Attacking a rookie quarterback is a whole lot easier when three starting offensive linemen aren't able to play. Just ask Ryan Tannehill about that. Make sure you check out football and other F-words every single Tuesday right here on the 440 Sports Network. We are very proud to carry all of the very real and very spectacular Titans podcasts from Broadway Sports Media. Rate, review, and subscribe. Of course, check out the website as well. The new AP poll is out, and the top four teams in the nation are Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame in that order. Clemson got 52 first-place votes, and Alabama received the other 10. Reminder, Clemson will host Notre Dame in two weeks, so one of those spots is going to open up soon. Which brings us to the rest of the rankings. Georgia checks in at number 5, Texas A&M is number 8, and Florida is number 10. While the SEC has four of the top 10 teams, it doesn't have another team anywhere really near the top 25. Auburn is the closest at number 31 overall, illustrating the significant gap between the top four teams in the SEC and the rest of the pack, all of which already have multiple losses. So who exactly is the fifth best team in the SEC? Who is good at football? It's Auburn, according to the polls, but that team keeps winning games and keeps looking worse and worse doing it. You could make the case for Missouri, actually, which is wild, as they've been a very different team since switching quarterbacks and would be riding a three-game winning streak had the Vandy game not gotten canceled. Does LSU belong in the conversation? Maybe. What about Kentucky? Sure, why not? The middle of the SEC is a giant mess. Just look at the round robin in the SEC East. Tennessee smokes Mizzou, Kentucky steals Tennessee's soul, 
And then Missouri suffocates the life out of Kentucky. What sense does any of that make? None. That's how much. That said, there are three important things to note about the current state of affairs in the SEC. Number one, 2020 is a bizarre year, and a 10-game conference schedule has forced everyone to recalibrate their expectations. Five wins is a good year for almost everyone. Number two, it means that all of these teams in the middle of the league will have lots of chances to get on a roll and pick up some wins down the stretch, especially for teams like Tennessee who've already played the top two teams in Alabama and Georgia. Number three, if the SEC wants to get a second team into the playoff conversation, they are going to need some teams to get better as the year goes along so that they can boost those resumes with more good wins. With four of the top 10 teams in America sitting atop the SEC standings, the league looks poised to challenge for two playoff spots again this year. But like with everything else in college football in 2020, the margins are excruciatingly thin. Speaking of the college football playoff, Alabama lost dynamic star wideout Jalen Waddell on Saturday in the win over Tennessee. Waddle is arguably the most explosive and exciting player to watch in all of college football, and it sucks for all of us that we don't get to see him finish what was probably going to be his last season in the SEC. He is on par with the likes of other Alabama greats, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, on and on and on and on. That's how good he is. So, will Bama miss the speedy do-everything talent? The weird thing is, probably not. At least not right now. The Tide has plenty of talent waiting in the wings as John Mechie and Slade Bolden have already stepped into bigger roles and made big plays, and that doesn't even include future first-round pick Devontae Smith, who's the team's number one receiver still. So for now, with their two biggest games already behind them, losing Waddle should not affect Alabama all that much. But is Waddle good enough that his absence could be the deciding factor in an SEC championship game against Georgia or Florida? Maybe. Or could it impact the outcome of a playoff game against Clemson or Ohio State? Most definitely. That is how good Jalen Waddle has been for Alabama. Coming up on Wednesday on our SEC football podcast, Fringe Element. Make sure you check it out, rate, review, and subscribe. Aaron Dugan and I will recap, of course, week eight. We'll look ahead to week nine, all the big games this weekend in the SEC, as well as take a deep dive into the meltdown taking place in Knoxville with Josh Ward of WNML. Fringe Element, of course, your SEC football podcast that comes out every single Wednesday right here on the 440 Sports Network. It's match night in Music City as Nashville SE has just four contests left before the MLS Cup begins, and the boys are rocking a three-game unbeaten streak currently. Walker Zimmerman and Randall Leal were both named to the MLS Team of the Week for their performances in the win over Houston and the draw against New England last week. The squad looks to continue their positive form tonight at 6 p.m. against Montreal, the team directly behind SC in the Eastern Conference standings. Without Hani Mukhtar again tonight, Gary Smith will lean more heavily on Leal to drive offense into the attacking third, which recently hasn't been a problem for the Costa Rican. This club has earned its way into a far more secure playoff spot with its play over the last two weeks on both ends of the pitch. A win tonight could provide Nashville SC a chance to clinch a playoff spot on Saturday against Chicago at home at Nissan Stadium. And as play-by-play man John Freeman has pointed out on Twitter, it's also Halloween and a full moon as well. Rock and roll. As usual, thank you all for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe and share the show to all your friends. That is how this thing grows. We do appreciate it. My name is Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, October 27th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.